Recovery is not a solo endeavor, it's a team sport. You need a community around you to cheer you on, to lend an ear, to pick you back up when you fall. That's what Foundations Recovery Network's Life Challenge Program is here for. We are a positive, motivational community aimed at breaking down life's barriers and celebrating the accomplishments along the way. Our motto is, Dear Life, Challenge Accepted. Are you up for the challenge? Go to lcaccepted.com or call 615-221-5861. Yo, what's up? This is Jacoby from Papa Roach. This is Ryan Lee. This is Wes. This Gear. is Bob Ford. This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Silver Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to Humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. We're going to be podcasting down at the Innovations and Recovery Conference in San Diego, California. That's April 9th through the 12th. Uh, we're actually going to be podcasting the 9th through the 11th. Uh, so I'm going to be putting those episodes out immediately after we record. So that's coming up in just a couple of days as this episode goes live. So be sure to look out for those. If you want more information about Foundations Conferences, you can go to foundationsrecoverynetwork.com slash events and you can check those out there. And a big thanks to them for having us down. We always have a good time. I get to bring the family down there. We hang out. We create some good content and uh, we meet a lot of good people and we get to create some good conversations and shit, we get to hang out by the beach. So it doesn't get much better than that. So big thanks to foundations for that. Um, I want to give uh, a little love to, um, uh, to Ryan from London and Ryan sent us an email yesterday and I just want to tell him thanks for the love. He's a new listener. And uh, one of the things he said is, I know I have a long road ahead and I have no real friends or anyone to talk to, uh, to talk to on being sober as basically everyone I hang around drinks and lives to party. So I know this battle is going to be long and hard. And bro, you're right, dude. Like it is going to be long. It is going to be a, a battle. And I'm here to tell you that it's completely possible. Like if I can do it, anyone can do that shit and you can do it too, man. So um, I just want to give you a little little bit of encouragement. Thanks for uh, for tuning in, man. Thanks for finding the show. I know in the email, I'm not going to read the whole email here. I just wanted to 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 pick one little excerpt out of it. But um, I know you just found the show, and uh, I appreciate uh, the feedback that you gave. And I also want to tell you, man, that there's resources out there. And one of the most important things that I did early on in my recovery was surrounded myself with people who are in recovery and who 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 are living that life. And I did that by going to meetings, by, um, by, by finding people that were in the rooms to, to kind of link up with and to talk to. And I also, um, I also later on down the road, um, started listening to podcasts and started listening to self motivating stuff and things that are going to help me improve. They didn't immediately start with recovery podcasts cause there, there wasn't a lot of them out there at the time uh, before I started this one before I started sober guy, but, um, man, just, I can't encourage you enough, Ryan, just to, uh, just to surround yourself with people and, um, you know, people, places and things that revolve around staying sober, man, or especially early on, it's super important. And, uh, I know, I know you can do it. And I know all of you other folks out there who are early on in recovery, you can do it too. So uh big thanks to Ryan, man. Thanks again. And uh, I also want to give some love too to Tom. 
Uh, Tom uh, sent me an email from the UK and and he shared some of his struggles with with food. And I talked a little bit about that last week. It's been an ongoing thing for me. And some of the stuff that he said um, was really inspiring. And I really was able to relate to it a lot too. And I don't, I don't have time today to go into the whole email, but basically there's a lot of, of relation, no matter what the substance is, whether it's drugs, alcohol, food, sex, it doesn't matter. You know, for those of us who struggle with, um, with that compulsive behavior, um, and those cravings, man, any of those types of things can be an issue. And so we really got to be working through those and leaning on a, a, a support program, a recovery uh, program, a recovery group, a sponsor, all those types of things that I feel like a broken record sometimes talking about, but they're key. They're crucial. It's the foundation of recovery. And from there, you know, you can kind of create your own recipe as time goes on. Um, but, um, man, Tom, thanks again for reaching out and thanks for sending that email. Really appreciate that. And, um, I'm going to jump now into April, April alcohol awareness month. How many of you knew that, that April was alcohol awareness month? Uh, let me give a little background about what alcohol awareness month is. And then I'm going to, uh, talk about five warning signs that you may have an alcohol problem. So basically it's uh, it's a little bit of insight into what some of the signs might be uh, that maybe you can ask yourself, or maybe you can ask, uh, maybe if you listen to the show for a loved one that you think might have a problem. I know we get some of those type of emails too sometimes. Hopefully this can help give you a little bit of insight into what an alcohol problem might look like. First, let's jump into what Alcohol Awareness Month is. So April, Alcohol Awareness Month, was established in 1987 to help reduce the stigma so often associated with alcoholism by encouraging communities to reach out to the American public each April with information about alcohol, alcoholism, and recovery. Alcoholism is a serious issue, and it can be fatal if untreated. The good news is that people can, and they do recover. It's estimated that as many as 20 million individuals and family members are living lives in recovery. So, I mean, you got 20 million examples right there of people who have been able to um, to battle back against alcoholism and, and drug abuse, too. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are in that, but I just kind of lump it all together in just addiction in general. You know, there's relief from it. It's possible to recover from it and it's possible uh, to live a, a, a better, um, uh, happy and healthy lifestyle um, free from alcohol and drugs. Definitely possible. I mean, shoot, I'm coming up on five years this September already and it's it's flown by, but it hasn't been easy all the time, but it's possible. So this five warning signs that that you might have an alcohol problem um, I pulled this up from www.prevention.com, and I'll put the link in here. Uh, so if you'd like to check out the full article, you can do that too. But I'm going to kind of read down on these five signs and uh, and and elaborate quickly on each one, and then uh, we'll we'll go from there. If you have any questions about it, about if you think you might have a problem, at the end, um, there's a. Uh, um, a link in here, alcoholscreening.org, which will which will uh, provide an online assessment for anybody who's looking to see if they might have a problem with it, and 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 if you don't know, 
Um, also, you can reach out to us too. I don't mind. I always try to answer any emails we get. If you go to that soberguide.com, there's a contact form on there that you can fill out. And, uh, that, that message comes straight over to us. And, uh, sometimes Jess will take a look at them. I take, I see all of them. Um, and just depending on what the situation is, if it's a loved one, um, you know, then sometimes Jess will respond back. And if it's, if it's somebody immediately who's having an issue, then I'll, respond back. I always respond back to all of them. Even, uh, it, it might take me a little bit of time to get to those. Uh, but feel free to, uh, to reach out and do that if you have any questions too. So five warning signs that you have an alcohol problem. Number one, you're self-medicating, self-medicating. If you reach for a bottle when you're feeling anxious or down or as a way to cope with physical pain, see a doctor. You may need treatment for depression or anxiety disorder. Okay, so I did this often. If I felt down, I went for the bottle or I went for the pills or I went for the weed. If I felt up, I went for the bottle. I went for the pills. I went for the weed. Um, Self-medicating to me is and was and is a way to escape. And I found myself self-medicating even as of recently to go back to Tom's um, email and a little bit last week with food. And for me, it I can self-medicate with sugar still. So that's something that gives me pleasure. It makes me feel content. It makes me feel good at the time. Later, I feel like shit because it's a repetitive cycle. So are you self-medicating? I mean, that's a, that's a common sign right there um, that there may be an issue with, with alcohol or with drugs, if you're using alcohol or drugs to do it. I gave the example, at least currently, of, of sugar or food, whatever it is. We can self-medicate with a lot of things, but are we self-medicating to escape from reality, uh, to escape from pain, to escape from any feelings uh, that, uh, that, that may, might be unpleasant um, at that time? And I like that they say in here as a way to cope with physical pain. That's another thing I've experienced as of recently, and I'm not going to dive too deep into it because I want to continue to go down this list, but I've been having some physical pain lately, and I'm not able to take any type of um, pills other than ibuprofen, and I don't want to at that, uh, for physical pain, and that ibuprofen hasn't been helping, you know, and so how, how, do I, how do I deal with that? How do I cope with that, you know? Um, I got to turn to, to other alternatives and that comes with learning how to live a life in recovery. So I don't want to get too off, off track on that. If you're self-medicating, if, um, if you have a loved one who you see self-medicating, that could be a, a, a big sign that there's a problem with substance right there. Number two, you've started drinking more. Think about the amount you've been drinking over the last six months or a year. Has it gradually or not so gradually gone up over time? Does it take three glasses of wine to experience the relaxation you once enjoyed after one? If so, your drinking could potentially be a problem. So, you know, what's the example here? I'll give you an example for me. Um, it used to, in the early days of drinking, I could have a couple of beers and, um, you know, or actually it's probably more like a couple of tall cans and, uh, and, it, and I'd be fine with that. Well, that graduated up to, you know, vodka, um, vodka straight, and then pints of vodka. I used to drink vodka and chase it with beer, um, and, and I would chase it with a couple of tall cans. So, so that goes to 
you know, the amount of vodka I'm drinking at the same time. Basically what I'm getting at here is it gradually increased over time. And, you know, I, I was very aware of it, but it was easy for me to downplay it. And, and there's all types of reasons I could downplay it. And I'm not going to get into that right now, but have you seen that? Have you seen your drinking gradually increase? Has it went from a couple of beers, you know, on the weekend to now a few beers on, on Monday and Tuesday and maybe Thursday. And now you're having a couple shots with it on, you know, on the weekends and you can kind of see that, that process and also the physical feeling of it. Does it take more alcohol now, um, to, to get that feeling of relaxation or that high or that feeling of, of peace than it did when you first started? And if so, you've started drinking more and that's, you know, that could potentially be, be an issue. So, um, definitely something to, uh, to look out for. So, so far we have self-medicating and you've started drinking more. That's one and two. Let's move on to three. Now, number three is it's always on your mind. Do you obsess about alcohol? Are you thinking about it? Um, are you thinking about when you'll have your next drink? Are you thinking about drinking when you're doing other things such as working or or spending time with family, or maybe you're just sitting around the house and you start thinking about, man, I I really want, or I really need to drink right now to uh, alleviate some of this anxiety I'm feeling. Maybe, um, people who have healthy relationships with alcohol, they don't tend to think about booze this way. They don't tend to think about, uh, I need a drink right now to calm these, uh, to calm these nerves often at least. Uh, so that's definitely something, something to think about. If you're starting to obsess about it, if you're starting to get in positions in certain situations that are intense and, and they start to uh, bother you or you start to feel anxiety about them. And your first thought is to go to, man, if I, if I could only have a drink right now, I could calm this down. Um, that could, that could potentially be an issue also. Um, now I want to, I want to stop right there on three real quick. And I also want to say something too. There's different levels of alcoholism and I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a licensed anything. I'm just a dude who's been through some shit who has talked to a lot of different people about this stuff. So this is just my personal opinion. Okay. There is a lot of people out there with different levels of an issue with alcohol I don't know what that is for you. I don't have all the answers for you. Um, you know, there's, there's some people that might struggle. They might, they might find that they are answering yes to a couple of these and you know, one or two of them is a no, you know, so you're still kind of caught in that middle ground. Here's what I would say to that. Whether you think you're an alcoholic, whether you don't know if you're an alcoholic, whether you think that you're just drinking a little bit too much and you want to take a break. That would be some advice, like see if you can stop for 30 days and see what that feels like. First of all, see if you can do it. I couldn't do it the first couple of times I tried to quit because I, I, I kind of did the same thing. And that's why I'm suggesting this from personal experience. I tried to stop a, like a couple of different times and I tried to do it on my own and I couldn't do it. I got to 20 something days and, and fell off both times and I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't ready yet, I guess, but what it did for me is it, it ingrained a little bit more each time that, wait a minute, maybe this is a bit more serious than I thought. And so that's okay to do that. 
to, to, to try and stop and just take a step back. Now, like I said, this all depends on where you're at. If you're falling down in the fucking gutter and you're, you're about to lose your job and your marriage or your relationship and you're going to jail and you're getting DUIs. Hey, I think that's pretty obvious. You probably have a problem. Although you'd be surprised the denial factor is so strong sometimes that even in those circumstances, there are people, and I've talked to them before, you know, who, who, who don't think that they have a problem still. And it's not my role to tell anybody they have a problem. That's up to you. That's up to the person to decide that, you know, and that's only going to come in your own, your own thought there. So, um, let me stop right there. Let's backtrack real quick on one, um, five signs. You may have a problem with alcohol. You're self-medicating. Number one, you've started drinking more. Number two, number three, it's always on your mind. You're obsessing about it. Number four, you have a hard time cutting yourself off. When you set limits around alcohol, such as not drinking a few nights a week or stopping after two drinks, do you have trouble sticking to them? If you have repeatedly broken these kinds of promises to yourself, you likely need help to manage your drinking. So once again, this was very common for me. I'd switch off between weed and alcohol. That was a, that was a common one. I'd, I'd only smoke weed for a time. I'd quit drinking for a week. You know, and it it wasn't easy either a lot of the time. Like I'd be, man, I wish I could drink right now, but I'm not going to do that because I was trying to prove to myself that I didn't have a problem. And so I would switch off or I would say, here's, here's, here's a real fancy one for you. I'm only going to do Coke on the weekends, (laughs) you know, and and I know we're kind of trying to focus on alcohol here, but it's, it's relatable. I'm only going to do Coke on Friday and Saturday nights when I'm out partying. Well, you know, I'm trying to set those limits on it and, and sure as shit, you know, later on down the road, as it kind of uh, evolves, you know, I'm doing Coke during the week, I'm doing Coke on weeknights, you know, I'm staying up late doing it. And you know, those limits when, when those are not working, you know, and you're continuously breaking the kinds of promises, um, you know, that's, that's an issue. And that was a big issue for me. And here's another promise I broke off into. I'm going to stop. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit drinking tomorrow. I'm going to quit drinking on Monday. I'm going to stop doing Coke, period. I'm still going to drink, and I might smoke weed every now and again, but I'm, I'm going to quit that. Never to quit, only to repeat the process over and over and over for years in, in my circumstance and in, in many circumstances out there. A lot of my homies been through the same shit. A lot of people in recovery have been through that same degrading, humiliating, shameful, guilt-ridden process of, of saying that we're going to quit and trying to set these, these parameters, you know, and, and not being able to adhere to them. And so if, if that's something you're going through and, and you're having a hard time, you know, cutting yourself off from that and sticking to those promises, um, man, that's a pretty big sign right there. That's, that's a real big one, actually. Now that I think back about my own situation, um, so number five, and, um, and, and this is the last one, number five here, you turn into a different person. Okay. So I want to give you an example and it's, it's about a, a buddy of mine, Mike and, um, Mike it, from, I haven't seen him in a while, but from what I've heard from a couple other people who have ran into him, he's sober today and he's, he's actually doing really, really good. He's got a wife. I think he's really been able to change his life around and that's awesome. I hope to actually talk to him or run into him, uh, sometime soon. But Mike was like Jekyll and Hyde. And here, here's an example. Um, 
he could be the greatest friend and give you the shirt off of his back. And uh, I mean, literally, I, I think, um, you know, he's one of those dudes that would do anything for one of his friends and, uh, just a, a, a very kind and a uh, good loyal friend when he was sober, when he was sober. And the minute that he got alcohol in his system, it was a completely different person. He was a fucking asshole. And, 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 and I want to say never to me, you know, so thankfully Mike appreciate that you and I always got along well, but I seen, and I heard stories and, and seen firsthand those actions when alcohol got involved. And so that's what number five is talking about here. You, you turn into a different person. So it says, do you deviate from your morals and ethics or otherwise behave in reckless or thoughtless ways you wouldn't have otherwise when you drink? Whether you wind up driving drunk or have little lapses like gossiping or betraying a confidence, not acting like yourself under the influence is a big red flag. Um, one of the biggest red flags, I think, too, to go along with with number four and trying to set those uh, ramifications, those parameters and not being able to adhere to them. You know, are you are you doing are you getting in fights? Are you being an ass? Are you uh, you have that liquor courage? You know, you do things that you wouldn't normally do when you're, uh, when you're sober and then you wake up the next morning and you kind of go, what the hell did I do? You know, was, you know, if you don't remember, um, that's another big red flag. Are you, are you just, are you blacking out? You know, those types of things are, are, and I always think like, well, those are obvious, right? A lot of us think that, well, man, that's you got an alcohol problem. That's pretty obvious, right? Like I said, you'd be surprised how the mind is so, um, this so, cunning. They talk about that a lot in the big book, cunning and baffling that as people who struggle with substance abuse, we can really trick our own minds into believing and and into a state of denial that we really don't have a problem, even when all of these things are happening. So, um, you know, are, are you, are you having some times where you are doing things that you wouldn't normally do when you were sober? Big red flag right there. So let me just skim over the top of these one more time, and then we're going to wrap this thing up today. Uh, this was five warning signs you have an alcohol problem. It's at www.prevention.com. Like I said, I'll put the, the link in there if you want to check them out yourself. Um, number one, you're self-medicating. You're um, reaching for the bottle when you feel anxious or down. Number two, you've started drinking more. Um, you're thinking about you know, from, from, from the first couple drinks you took, now it takes you a bit more to get drunk or a lot more to get drunk or to feel that relief or that, that stress relief or that relaxation. Um, number three, it's always on your mind. Are you obsessing about it? Uh, number four, are you having a hard time cutting yourself off or are you setting limits around alcohol and you're drinking and you're not being able to adhere to those promises? Uh, that's a big red flag. And then number five, you turn into a different person. You do things that you wouldn't normally do when uh, when you were sober. Um, those are all some signs that uh, there might be an issue there. I encourage you to uh, to to talk about it with someone that you trust. Uh, reach out for help. It's it's not uh, it's not a bad thing to uh, to reach out and get some help. It's not a weak thing. It's a good thing. I can tell you from personal experience, it changed my life, and it's been one of the most amazing decisions I've ever made in my life uh, to, uh, to 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 stop drinking and to stop using drugs and uh, to go about my life in a in a sober manner. And it's fun, man. There's a lot of different things you can do in sobriety. Um, and, and it's, it really is a great way to, uh, to live your life. And I ain't trying to sell you on it. I mean, I know 
Like at first for me, I was like, how the fuck am I going to function sober? That sounds boring as hell. Like, I don't, like, I don't even know how, how to identify, you know, without that. And, um, and, and I'll tell you what, like things change and, 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 um, and, and people can change and things can, can grow and you can learn new ways to live, uh, if you apply yourself and you do the work. So, um, if you think that you have a problem or even if you doubt that you're a full fledged alcoholic, like I was saying earlier, man, maybe you just want to quit for a little bit. There's many things that you can do to get some control around that. Um, I mentioned earlier, there's an online assessment you can take. It's at alcoholscreening.org, And I'll put those in the show notes too. And it'll basically just provide you a quick gauge of the risks involved with your current level um, of drinking and where you're at. Um, you know, like I said before, try to take a break. 30 days is a good way to explore like kind of what role drinking plays in your life. Like it'll really allow you to step back for a minute and see how much alcohol is playing a role in your life. And if it turns out to be really difficult or a real struggle, uh, you know, maybe it's time to, uh, to reach out to somebody, to talk to a doctor, talk to a therapist, go to a 12 step meeting, talk to somebody at your church, whatever it is that you do, um, to, uh, to reach out and get some help. Um, you know, man, I, I just encourage you to go for it. Um, you can go to that sober for, uh, any more information. There's past episodes there. Uh, you can check out there's resources. I appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you uh, for all the support. Thank you for the feedback. And uh, be sure, once again, check out in just a couple of days, uh, those Foundations podcasts are going to be coming out live um, or right after after we record them live, I'll be putting those things out too. Um, April, Alcohol Awareness Month. So uh, play your part, do some service work if you're already out there working a strong recovery program. It's a huge part. It helps keep me sober. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.